mobile phones, laptops, tablets, and everything in between. This is Sean and Sean, and you're listening to the Silicon Theory Podcast. Greetings, fellow tech seekers, and welcome to another episode of the Silicon Theory Podcast. I am Sean, your host and moderator for this evening's podcast. Alongside me is Sean P. Say hello, Sean P. Guys, what's up? So, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, we had a very big announcement today from Google in terms of hardware, and that was the announcement of all of the stuff that comes with the Pixel line as well as the Google Home line. So we're going to cover all of it uh, in greater or lesser extent. We're going to save some of the most important stuff for the end, and we will talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and how overall we felt the event went for Google. So um, anything you want to start with before we begin, Sean? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the first thing that Google unveiled was the Google Home Mini. And this basically is a uh, small version of the Google Home, uh, as the name might imply. And it has basically a stripped-down bare-bones feature set, comparably roughly with the Amazon uh, Echo Dot. So what, um, what did we get on the Google Home Mini, Sean? Uh, a mini Google Home is what we got in the Google Home Mini. What? So yeah, it's it's basically um, if you want to think of it as a a very small. How would you describe this? It looks kind of like a spaceship, right? Yeah, or as Google themselves is describing it, a donut. It doesn't have a hole in the middle. That's true. It doesn't. But they are setting up pop-up shops all over the United States and in certain locations in Europe where you can go and get a donut. And also get a free Google Mini. Actually, that sounds pretty good. I might be on board with that. It's in Venice, so if you're interested, we can go. Well, first of all, I think this was the only product that they announced today that I could actually afford, so that's a plus. So um, it's, it's $50. Says, which, says the man who bought a $950 phone. Well, I got a $425 discount. There you go. That's just, Fair enough. That's just good math right there. Um, so... Yeah, it's really neat. It's, it literally is like a one-third scale Google Home, but it seems to have all the functionality. The speaker, they said, has 360 degrees of kind of play, but I would imagine it's not going to be as good as the higher-end model, that's for sure. In terms of sound um, quality, I'd guess not, yeah. And then it has this mesh that they made a big deal about of, you know, it's it, it lets sound through, it lets light through when you want it to, but otherwise it's inobtru- you know unobtrusive, excuse me, and it just kind of sits around your house. They went on and on about trying, I don't know, God, what, 130 different colors for the for the gray version of the material and a whole bunch of different materials and the process they went through. And the end result is a rather pleasant-looking little device. If you already have a Google Home, you can link up multiple Google Home minis kind of around your house and use it for stereo sound. Um, they also showed off a thing where you could effectively send like a, a message through it, like a, hey, wake up, it's time for school type deal to wake up your kids. Broadcast. Broadcast. I love that yeah. feature. So that's kind of neat. Uh, they extended the ability to make phone calls via your Google Home, so you could already do this, but it would basically send it from an unidentified number so people didn't know necessarily where it was coming from, and now they allow you to link up your phone so that when you call out through your Google Home, it actually shows your phone number when you dial out. So That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, as an aside, I somehow missed the news that you could do this with a Google Home. So my son and I were playing with calling people tonight on ours, and it's, it's pretty slick. Actually. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So, yeah, it's a cool little device. And they went on and on about kind of, 
what they're doing with Google Home as a platform and all the things you can do, um, how it can recognize multiple voices now so that if you ask, hey, what's my calendar today, it'll recognize that, you know, it's you and give you your calendar as opposed to kind of the way it was before where you had one Google account that was logged in and whatever you asked was tied to that account. So I'm hoping actually to take advantage of this to save Google from presenting Justin Bieber songs to me as recommendations when my son uses the Google Home. That would be an excellent use of the Google Home Mini. And yeah, it's a little spaceship hockey puck style device that's I think kind of designed to be a satellite to maybe a the regular Google Home system. You could put these I think as it was advertised uh, on your nightstand in your bedroom or in a bathroom perhaps if you want to use it to play music and then uh, it can basically be used as a communication system. It's got the little four um, dot LED that shines through the fabric like you mentioned. It's light permeable so you can kind of see the dots through the top. They, um, they showed off some cool stuff too like they had Nest on stage and Nest didn't announce any new products but they had announced a doorbell recently that basically has like a camera in it so that you can see who's coming to your door. I, I think that's what it is. They have like a security system and they showed a demo where you can say, okay, Google, who's at the door? And it would, <laughs> all of our phones just lit up. How yeah. funny. Um, it would in concert with your Chromecast display what was on the Nest cam, cam. to your Chromecast on your TV by way of asking your Google home. That's pretty neat. It is pretty neat. And uh, I think the only thing we didn't touch on was it comes in three colors, which I saw described interestingly on Twitter as gray, darker gray, and coral. And uh, that's actually pretty accurate, I'd say. Yeah, they called the gray, the light gray one chalk, and I'm like, what the hell is that all about? It looks nothing like chalk. No, chalk is white last I Yeah, I, I don't get it. The pricing is kind of, as you'd mentioned, a very affordable $49 in the United States. It appears to be available for pre-order today and will be available everywhere on the 19th. So thoughts on the Google Home Mini is thumbs up. We like it. Thumbs up. I might pick up one or two to have around the house. And I will definitely have one, uh, which we will get to much later in the program. So the next item was uh, something that wasn't leaked during the very large Droid Life uh, Google hardware leaks, but that had been rumored in some capacity, and that was the Google Home Max. This is the kind of uh, Apple's HomePod direct competitor. It's basically a big uh, speaker-first system with uh, Google Assistant dialed into it, I guess. What, uh, what do we got on the Google Home Max? So I'm trying to think how to describe it. It looks like a giant rectangle is how I would describe it. Basically, it doesn't really look like the other home products per se. It kind of has has its own look. And that's because it really is just a giant housing for dual 4.5 inch high excursion woofers. So this is really centered around like the sound experience. And they really were talking about how, you know, amazingly loud it got. It can get, it's 20 times more powerful than the original Google Home. Yes, I have that written down as well. Yeah, so, you know, it has smart sound, new audio experience powered by Google's artificial intelligence in practical application. I'm not sure what that's going to do, but it's supposed to. It'd be loud. Yeah, automatically adjust for the room that you're in to tune things and, you know, dynamically within seconds. That's the sales pitch anyway. It works with a wide variety of music services, supports Bluetooth, auxiliary port. When you buy this, you get a free year of YouTube Red, Red? Mm -hmm. which is, uh, I think, what's YouTube Red? 10 bucks a month? Uh, Correct, 9.99. So that's 120 bucks value there. But the price on this thing is 
$399. I'm sorry. I must have misheard you because I thought you said this thing was 400 bucks. Yeah, and the HomePod from Apple, which we previously thought was insanely expensive, is 349 I believe. Uh, I can't, it's either 349 or 379 Let me look it up. Either way, that's less than 399 So what I know correct. is Google literally is announcing products now that are more expensive than Apple. That seems uh, strange. 349 is correct, and it will not actually be available until December of 2017. The Apple HomePod, that is, whereas the Home Max uh, also will not be available until December and is $50 more. Um, they actually made a big deal of uh, at the event, which we watched live-streamed. Uh, Diplo, the uh, DJ and music producer, uh, had one, had been given one, and really put on a, a big show of saying, wow, this thing is awesome. You can put it in the horizontal configuration, you can stand it up, and it can be vertical, so it can sit on a bookshelf. Um, I I don't know anyone, like, I'll level the same criticisms at this that we leveled at the HomePod. Like, I don't know anybody who's got 350 to, in this case, $400 to spend on a single well, basically what amounts to a single Bluetooth speaker. Now, it does support uh, Google Cast protocol as well as aux in, so that's kind of cool, but uh, there's no way in hell I'm going to buy this. Yeah, I guess this is supposed to be like a high-end Sonos competitor, I guess is the way you're supposed to look at this, maybe. That's, that sounds accurate. It just happens to have like Google Assistant and Google Home baked in, so it's like a better version. But, you know, this is one of those things when I look across my family and friends and I go, who is the audience for this? I can't think of a single person I know that would buy one. And that's always a little bit strange. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. And Google actually announced uh, a couple of products that were a little curious in terms of who they're actually aimed towards or at. Uh, one of the other ones we'll get to a little bit later on in the program. But um, the Home Max, uh, I don't, I, I can't see a use case for it of, again, anybody else that I know. It's certainly not for me. Uh, it's kind of like uh, for the lifestyles of the rich and infamous. Like if you walk into, um, you know, Floyd Mayweather's house, maybe he's got six of these and they're all linked together and he can just use the Google hot word and start playing whatever song he wants. That's pretty good and cool for him. Um, he may be the only one that buys them. Yeah, I mean, I can buy a Google Home and six minis for the same price, roughly speaking, and have my entire house filled with these. So, yeah. Yeah, not uh, not a whole lot more to say there. So uh, the next item up was actually one of the more intriguing items. And by intriguing, I think it has probably the most potential to be a polarizing product. And that is Google's high-end Pixelbook laptop four-in-one device. Um, what, did, what did we hear about the Pixelbook, Sean? <sighs> Count me on the side of who the hell is this for? But what we have here is a really expensive high-end Chromebook. So it starts at $999. Um, it comes with a 12.3-inch QHD screen. And they made a big deal. I think the PPI is 235, so it's a nice-looking screen. It comes in a variety of setups. So you can get it with a Core i5 or a Core i7. So you're talking about pretty powerful processors. I mean, these are laptop-grade processors. So Absolutely. this, is, this Absolutely. is definitely a step up from your traditional ARM you know, processors. So that's that's an upgrade. Uh, storage options up to 512 gigabytes. The battery is supposed to last 10 hours, so that's kind of a nice deal. Uh, it's You can buy a pen. It comes with a Pixelbook pen for an extra $99. So this is similar to the Apple pen. It has 10 milliseconds of latency and super sensitive, and you can do all kinds of stuff with it to draw on it. Um, my issue with it is this. So the base version is $999. 
plus 99 for the pen. And then we just looked and we were laughing. The highest end version is an additional $650. Correct. So you're up to $1,649 plus another $100 for the pen. $1,749. So $1,750 for what amounts to basically a Chromebook. Right. Which runs Chrome OS, not a full-fledged operating system. And now apparently, allegedly, is going to run Android apps well or better than has previously been stated, which I think is definitely a step up. But in terms of what this device can actually do, for $1,750, I can get a goddamn MacBook Pro that's probably decently or equally specced and can do a hell of a lot more. Is that Would that be a fair statement? Yes, that's a very fair statement. The, the whole lure of Chromebooks is they're inexpensive, right? They, they made a lot of headway in schools. Schools use Chromebooks. You can pick them up for 200 bucks. It's less than a freaking iPad, and it's great for you know students or whatever else, right? So there is a market for Chromebooks. You can see it, but it's the low end of the market. It's not a high-end market. So this is a product that... I look at it, I go, yeah, it's well-designed, it's really premium, it looks nice, and I again, who's buying this? Who? What is the market for a Chromebook that costs, at a minimum, $999 without the pen, and up to fully specced $1,750? Who's buying this? I, I honestly don't know, and um, I'll, first of all, I want to give a big shout to the guys over at The Verge. They had some terrific coverage today. I watched a bunch of videos from them. Um, Dieter did a hands-on with one of the Pixel books, and he was actually he came away very impressed. Like you mentioned, excellent build quality, very premium looking, very premium feeling. But the end result is is this is a this is a device that is priced like a laptop and that looks like a laptop, but isn't really a laptop. It is a Chromebook, which. And I mentioned this during um, the initial Pixel Hardware Leaks uh, announcement video, which if you're interested, you can check it out on our YouTube channel. But I said the the benefits to the Chromebook is they're uh, cheap and they're fast for what they do, right? The Chrome OS is very low maintenance and what you can do for it, which ideally is browsing and maybe a few other things, uh, it does those things very well. But this isn't cheap. And for comparable money, I would 100% of the time, 10 times out of 10, get uh, an equally specced and priced MacBook Pro because you can then actually do some work on it instead of spending $1,750 to surf the internet. And like they showed some stuff, like a, um, a new version of Snapchat for this, and they showed uh, Light, Lightroom. Is that the name yes, of that application? Lightroom, yes. Like a version of Lightroom. But I saw Ruddick trolling him. Ruddick's from Android Police, and he's awesome. And he was like, look, Let's just be real. It, the Lightroom doesn't have all the libraries and stuff that the actual desktop version has, so it's not really something that's going to be useful. And all of these features are going to come to the lower-end Chromebooks anyway, probably in the next few months. So why would you buy this when you can have a Chromebook that probably has more than enough performance for $300 if that's what you're looking for that's going to have these same features? Why does this exist? That question that I heard posed was, what does this device do that a fi- what does this device do appreciably better that a $500 Chromebook couldn't do? And the answer is nothing. So I think, and in Dieter's review, he said, this is the this device is for someone who just wants the best of everything and clearly has unlimited 
funds in terms of monetary resources. And I don't know any of those people. And those people, I think, were probably buying a product that has a fruit logo on the front of it anyway. Yeah, I'm sure Google will sell like at least a dozen of these, but I don't get it. I don't either. And it's a shame because I think they could have done something uh, maybe not quite as nice and maybe a little bit less expensive and probably gotten a lot of people more interested Mm. in it. Don't get it. Don't get it at all. Um, so we've got a couple of other different things. Let's finish out. Let's round out the hardware portion, which, um, or the hardware accessories portion, which talked about the wireless pixel buds, which I'll insert a marijuana joke here and say, um, I think these will definitely take you higher. Is that, is that the right, is that where I should go with this? I'm going to allow it, but barely. Okay. Fair enough. It is a $159 set of neck buds, which actually look really awkward to me because they're not in-ear buds. They kind of sit over the front of your ear canal, which Google decided that that was like the right configuration. Now, it does look pretty interesting from the standpoint of it's got Google Assistant built in. It's got a capacitive button on the outside of the right bud, if I remember correctly, that allows you to launch the Google Assistant and and access the commands. It also allows you live um, Google Translate features. So um, I don't know how the heck that would work, but maybe you uh, say something in English to it and it translates into Spanish if you're speaking to someone who's primarily a Spanish speaker. Um, That seems like a crazy futuristic like Star Trek sounding thing to me. But for what they do in terms of like, is this do I really want a $159 pair of Bluetooth headphones? Uh, maybe I do because the Pixel devices don't have headphone jacks anymore. But beyond the fact that they're really expensive Bluetooth headphones, what else do you think about the Pixel Buds? Why do these exist and why are they $159 are my two questions. We, we seem to be asking that question a lot with this hardware announcement. So everyone's moved to, at this price range, at this point, everyone's moved to the buds that actually don't have a freaking wire across them. It just, you know, you have the buds, like the AirPods. Uh, I just saw the Jaybird Runs, I think, are yeah. their new high-end ones. And the battery life's getting pretty decent on those. They're up to like five hours or something, and they it looks like you have two hearing aids on. You don't have the obtrusive wire, and that's kind of where things in this price range are. So what does Google do? Well, they bring out one with a wire and charge the same, which is already kind of a bizarre thing to do. And it has some features. From a design standpoint, I don't actually hate them. I think they look fine, except for the wire and the fact that they're way overpriced. The Google Assistant... Great. Everything they make has Google Assistant. I mean, am I really talking to my earbuds? I don't know. Yes. I guess you can. Yes is the answer to that question. You're doing it 24-7. The the, uh, Google Translate thing was actually the most interesting part for me of these because it is like the universal translator from Star Trek. And I think in the setting that they showed on a stage where it's quiet in a, you know, in a pre-stage condition, yeah, it probably works great. I would imagine if you're sitting in a cafe in Rome or Japan or something, you're trying to do it with a bunch of background noise. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they probably won't work. Not going to well. work as good. Shocking. I think it's great that they're working on it. It's really, it's a, it's a cool idea. I mean, I think it's something that eventually will hit its stride and this will be a thing. I just don't know if now is the time. But this just falls into the, like... Google's grown a brass pair of balls where they don't really have the cachet to charge 
super high prices, and yet they've decided they're going to charge. It's like, oh, we're making a giant speaker. We're going to charge Sonos prices, and it's like, you're not fucking Sonos. With the Pixels last year, it was like, hey, guess what? We're going to start charging Apple prices on the iPhones, and then this year, we'll talk about this, but they went completely cracked out, and they charge even more for the higher-end ones. You have the Chromebook Pixel, which costs more than a freaking MacBook, or the Pixel Book, excuse me, I keep calling it the wrong name. Um, you just have all of these very, and we haven't even gotten to the $250 camera that serves no purpose. So, I mean, literally like everything that they announced today, I looked at it and went, why the hell is that so expensive and why does it exist? And when I'm saying that for five out of the six products that you show, that's a little bit puzzling. Uh, I, for one, welcome our Google overlords, and uh, I agree. I think that they've really got some some brass ones if they think that they're going to get away with um, this kind of stuff forever. Now, having said that, we'll talk a little bit about um, the phones in just a minute, but uh, I don't know how well these uh, neck buds are going to do. They're available for pre-order today, and they won't ship until November. Um What's compelling about these at one hundred fifty nine dollars? Is the no. translate feature? I mean, for I me guess nothing. it's the translate feature. I don't. I don't speak to enough people that don't understand the languages that I speak to make that worth my while. Like I'm not traveling internationally and need it to translate into Swahili for me or something crazy like that. Like the people that I talk to on a daily basis are going to understand me just fine without the universal translator neck buds. No, and like the AirPods, they look ridiculous. It looks like a little penis hanging out of your ear. So it's not a great design from Apple's standpoint. But uh, I beg to differ, sir. Hanging out of both ears. Yes, sorry. But at least it has like a custom chip. It has a lot of interesting tech in it, where you can, and it has better battery life than those style of, you know, paw AirPod ear pods. So there's at least like a reason that they're that expensive. These there's, are literally like corded. But yeah. like, what the what the hell? You could you could make an argument for the AirPods that they, like you say, have the amount of technology that would require a price point of one hundred fifty nine dollars. Um, I don't. Yeah, Google's the designers of these things were high on crap. It looks fine. Stop. They don't even look terrible. Like it's fine. If if they released these today and they were ninety nine bucks, I'd probably be sitting here going. I still don't see a purpose, maybe a little rich for my blood, but like whatever, given what they yeah. are. That's kind of, that's 99 is kind of like the table stakes yeah, for this kind of product. Right, but 159, you're, you're in that top tier of truly cordless earbuds, and I, I wouldn't buy these over anything else. Google tells you we're premium, just believe us and look at our pricing structure. Yeah, it doesn't work on me. I'm impervious. Is there a Google distortion field? Are we are we moving into an area where Mountain View also has this like light bending shimmery effect around it? Is that where we're going with this? Well, I thought we were Google fanboys originally because it was like you get a lot more value for your money. That was always the thing. It was like, hey, look, this is as good in some ways as the Apple products, maybe better in other ways, and it costs a lot less. And now it just costs the same or more, which is a bad deal for everybody unless you're on Android One. Um, let's get to that crazy $250 camera that doesn't need to exist. Um, this is the Google Clips, which is a uh, clever little, uh, what would you, is it like a, kind of like a GoPro-ish style camera that's designed to, uh, with a little clip, clip onto stuff and then leverage the Google Assistant built in, hint, hint, you may have heard this one before, and uh, it will... 
contextually recognize people in your family or family pets and then decide to record them entirely on its own. So I think the way that they're trying to leverage this is uh, if you want to spend time with your kids and record it, um, this might be a good way to do it versus having a phone in your hand 24-7, which let's be honest, most people have a phone in their hand 24-7 anyways, but it would be kind of like having a camera set up on a tripod in your home just kind of recording you 24-7 if that camera on a tripod had the Google Assistant intelligently choosing when and when not to record you. Um, How would I do with that? Is that pretty accurate? Yes, all of that's accurate. Except we still don't know who in the hell would want this. So, okay, this was the example that one of the Google people gave. Uh, It was a lady who her son and her nephew were sitting there reading. And she pulled out her camera, and as soon as they did that, they didn't want to, like, read together because they didn't want to have pictures taken of them. So she's like, this way I could set this thing down. And it took pictures of them in, like, a more candid setting, and I got some really cool pictures. And I listened to that story, and I go... Come on, just stop it. This thing, who who is freaking walking around with a camera clipped to them? I ask you. It's not really a GoPro because this isn't durable. Like, if you drop this thing, it looks relatively fragile. I wager to bet I could probably break it relatively easily. And it's small, so okay. It's unclear how nice the camera actually is. True. And Google Assistant making decisions on when to record me. Don't care at all. You know when it's going to record you? Right after you walk out of the shower and the towel falls off. That's when it's going to record it and then it's going to back it up to the Google Cloud and it'll be permanently unlimited stored. What do you think? It's going to need a wide-angle lens. Um, But I'm... Look, we haven't even talked about it. How much does this cost, Sean? I believe the price is $249. $249. Correct. It is uh, available in November, by the way. Let me pose a question to you. I feel like we've done this a few times tonight. Who's the market for this product? Clearly, uh, people with uh, kids and pets. Yeah, I have, I have a kid and a pet. Got How it. about you? Uh, kids, at least. I do have kids, and uh, I this, this is, does nothing for me. Like, it, it seems very much to me, and this is going to sound like a really alarmist take, but it seems very much like Google is trying very hard to get more cameras into my home that I don't really want there. It's it's answering a question that no one asked. And and that's this is kind of the, the two themes of today, the things that bother me is these are products for which I don't know anyone that's asking for them, one. And even when they do exist, why the fuck at all are you charging so much for them? It's so expensive. So... This is just, I watch this and I'm, I'm watching them try to justify its existence and I'm just going, no, no, no. And then they put the price, but I'm like, just make it stop. Go away. For, again, for 99 bucks, I might consider it and say, okay, I could put this uh, near the television set and have it point at the play mat where my girls play. And yeah, maybe I could be more comfortable with the Google Assistant making decisions on when to capture images and video of them and and say that for 99 bucks it becomes a, a much more interesting value proposition for me. At $249, not a chance. I could just, for, for $0, I could just pull my phone out of my pocket and start <laughs> recording them. How about that? Even in $99, like, I would like to think that, oh yeah, that might be the price point where I would consider this, but I think if it actually were on sale for $99, I still wouldn't buy one. Unless Google Clips is actually cutting my hair for that same price, I'm still out. 
Yeah, I'm going to ask you if you want to take that back right now. Clips, like clipper? Nope. Or hair cutters? Nope, still a no. You're, you're really? Roll with that? Really? We'll discuss this at another time. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, why? I don't, I'm, I have no interest in spending any more time talking about this product. Do you want to talk a little bit about Google Lens before we go to the Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL devices? Or do you want to talk about that as part of what the camera features are for the phones? Tell me. Tell me, oh, mighty Sean P. You know what? I think I actually missed a lot of the lens part because I was panicked trying to see if I could actually buy a Pixel for okay. you. Okay. Um, why don't we start with lens then? Go, go right ahead. What do we got? Okay. So Google Lens is something that was initially introduced at Google I.O. earlier this year, and it is a software feature whereby if you, and this is mostly in beta right now, I don't think it's going to roll out yet for a little while, but if you were to take a picture of something or open the camera app and then click on the lens icon in the camera app, Google's machine vision will then try to identify the object and then give you relevant and contextual information about that object. So the example that was used was if you take a picture of a famous painting and then activate Google Lens, Google Lens will then attempt to identify the artist and then potentially give you more information about other paintings by that same artist. You could then potentially look at purchasing a print of that photo and it could also give you maybe more information about the, the style of the artist. So like if they're an impressionist, it would tell you more about the impressionist movement. You could link uh, to Wikipedia and basically just get more factual information regarding subjects. Now, it is not a finished product. It is a... Uh, beta style thing and Google even mentioned that it was limited in scope right now in terms of what it can actually identify. The videos that I watched actually Lens did a pretty good job of identifying common things like uh, I think one of the cats from Engadget had it identify his Apple Watch and it, it actually incorrectly called it an Apple Watch Series 2 when it was a Series 3 but he also didn't have it pointed at the red dot so Google wouldn't have any way of knowing it because the the hardware parts of the uh, Apple Watch are identical. So uh, it was actually kind of interesting to see what it could do. And this is more in the vein of augmented reality platform where it's taking in taking in visual data and then giving you contextual information regarding those those items, objects, or people. So kind of like Google Glass crossed with something that is less obnoxious than Google Glass. And um, that's that's pretty much Lens in a nutshell. Sounds pretty neat. Machine Vision and Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Google, mentioned this during his keynote at the beginning of the um, of the hardware event that Google is is literally trying to pivot as a company from mobile first to AI first. And I think as we've already kind of discussed, the theme of the event was the Google Assistant AI in pretty much every damn thing you can find. Next year, I'm imagining they're going to come out with shit like a coffee maker that's got Google Assistant baked into it. So you can just say the Google hot word, start brewing my coffee and it will do it because everything that Google's doing going forward is going to be about machine learning, artificial intelligence, and augmented reality. So um, I guess without too much further ado, let's talk about the Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL devices. Sean Plunkett, tell me, what are these phones all about? So the rumors have been going around for months, and we basically knew what we were getting before we went in, but we have two phones. We have a 5-inch Pixel 2 manufactured by HTC. It has a 1080p AMOLED screen. 
Um, Snapdragon 835, 4GB of RAM, 12GB rear camera with a 1.8 aperture. And the storage options are 64GB or 128GB. It comes in three colors, just black, clearly white, and kind of blue. Uh-huh. And you could tell the executive that said the colors, they were they're, they think they're so freaking clever with these colors. He looked so thrilled with himself. They, they do, kind of. And in all fairness, when you go to buy like a Samsung phone, say, for example, and your color choices are sapphire black metallic and topaz sunrise metallic, you go, you know what? The shit is black and gold. Okay, just call it what it yeah. is. So I'm I'm kind of down with the nomenclature, but it, it definitely there was a smug face moment going on there. Very funny. Uh, from a design standpoint, this has very similar design to the Pixel from last year, except for the square. The corners are more squared, and it has front facing speakers in those giant bezels. But it still has giant bezels. Bezel baby. Last year, we kind of gave Google a pass on the giant bezels because we knew the development for the Pixel was like nine months, and so they had to use kind of an off-the-shelf design, and that's what we were left with. This year, it's inexcusable to me. This phone looks like a phone from two or three years ago from a design standpoint. Have you seen any of HTC's phone from 2017? The HTC 11 looks better than this phone, and it's not close. Wow. That's that's pretty savage, my man. Yeah, well, I'm going there. Do you do you want to take bets on how many HTC U11s were sold versus how many Pixels will be sold? Not a lot of either. <laughs> uh, so HT sizzle, baby. Other changes: no headphone jack, as rumored. Even though they made fun of Apple for this last year, they removed it anyway without really any reason why. I'm going to insert a uh, uh, a boo voice over here, so just FYI. Yeah, it has a 2700 mAh battery, which is relatively similar. 2770 or 27? 2700. 2700. And on the back, the camera has a slight protrusion now. It's not flush like they made a big deal out of last year, so that's a thing. The... Larger of the two phones is the much more interesting. So the Pixel XL2 is the more interesting phone. It's made by LG. It has a 6-inch QHD+, Plus, so that's 2860 by 1440 POLED screen. And it's the 18-9 aspect ratio that we've seen with most of the other flagships this year. So this is the taller, narrower screen. It has also dual front-facing speakers, which was kind of nice. The initial render render by Android Police only had a speaker at the top, so that was a little bit of a surprise. We didn't know for sure we were going to get that. It has, um, again, no headphone jack. From a spec standpoint, it is the same except for the screen. It does have a large battery, though, 3520 mAh, which this year is the largest of any flagship phone, someone pointed out. The Mate 10 probably will have a 4000 mAh battery, but short of that, it's the largest of any of the others, so that should lead to some pretty solid battery life. I'm actually very excited about that because the Pixel had a 3,000 milliamp hour battery mated with the Snapdragon 821, so the improvements in the Snapdragon 835 coupled with a 520 mAh increase in the battery life, or increase in the battery capacity should lead to some stellar battery life. Your phone has a 34... What? No. 10. What? 3410? Who's 3410? Google it, my friend. While he's Googling that, Googling it. the larger of the two pixels comes in two colors, just black, and then the Stormtrooper black and white. Um, the black and white version has the orange power button that we saw kind of leak out. We didn't cover this, but on the smaller one, the just blue, or the kind of blue, excuse me, has a... Oh, 3450. Uh, 3450, pardon. I was what? wrong, too. Right. I knew I was a lot closer than you were, though. That sucks. Um, still, coupled with the new processor, you will get better battery life. 
As far as carriers are concerned, these are only on Verizon, same as last year, which is kind of unfortunate. We were looking for them to release it across all carriers. T-Mobile is offering an incentive if you bring it over and you open up a new line, you get $325 in bill credits, but that doesn't help anyone that wants to jump on demand. There is financing available from Google, so let's talk pricing. The Google Pixel 2 starts at 649 for the 64 gigabytes and jumps up to 749 for the 128 gigabyte. The Pixel 2 XL starts at $849 for the 64 gigabyte and jumps up to 949 for the 128 gigabyte version. Ball up. 